Easter is the greatest day of the entire year. And all of the events surrounding Easter also become extremely helpful to us in understanding how to navigate the essence of Easter throughout the rest of the year and particularly in difficult seasons of our lives. And in this episode, we're going to look at that pattern around Easter that I think is going to be richly helpful to you as you navigate any season in life and experience the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, welcome to the teaching series. I'm Brad Gray and I'm thrilled you're tuning in. You know, the Bible can be difficult to understand. And typically, the confusion occurs when we try to read the Bible devoid of its context. Context is everything, and yet the vast majority of people have never been taught how to engage the Bible in its original context of history, geography, cultural backgrounds, and more. At Walking the Text, we create resources to help people understand the Bible in its original context so that they can learn, love, and live it out every day. This podcast is the audio version of our video-based series that you can find at walkingthetext.com or on our YouTube channel at Walking the Text. As you grow in your understanding of biblical context, you'll read the Bible with greater clarity and confidence than ever before. With that in mind, let's jump into our episode. Hi, everyone. Hey, happy Easter to all of you. Uh, If you're watching this on the release week, you will know it was a couple of days ago, and we hope that you just had an amazing time celebrating the resurrection and just the hope that comes as a result of what Jesus did on both the cross and the empty tomb, because we need Both. All the way back in Genesis chapter 2, God said to Adam, Hey, there is a tree. Do not take from the tree. For if you do, you will surely die, which was God's way of saying that sin and death, they are linked together. And when Jesus went to the cross on a Friday 2,000 years ago, he took care of the issue of sin. And then on Resurrection Sunday, we have an empty tomb and therefore Jesus shattered the link between sin and death. And we have hope both now and forevermore. So I hope that you whooped it up. I hope you and your family just had a fantastic time or whoever you got to celebrate Easter Sunday with. And central to the whole idea of Easter and the resurrection is this movement from death to life. Uh, That is the core of how you even get resurrection is that something has to die in order for new life to appear. And Jesus said in John 12, 24, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit that death leads to life. And what I want to do with you in this episode is just ask the question, how can we prolong the Easter reality? How does Easter not just become something that we celebrate once a year in either March or April, depending upon where it lands, but how do we take this essence of Easter, of the resurrection, and apply it to our lives and allow this thing to animate and help us throughout the year as we navigate difficult circumstances and challenges in our own lives. And I'm deeply indebted to the work of Ronald Rollheiser in the holy longing for what we're going to do in this episode. And particularly in chapter 7, 
he lays out a pattern for what Good Friday and the resurrection and what to come lays out for us. And I have adapted this and done a couple of things that are going to be unique to this episode, but I highly recommend checking out chapter seven for the work that he did. Again, it's the foundation for what has been helpful to me in this season in thinking about Easter beyond just the time of Easter. And the pattern pulls in five different movements or events as it relates to what happens on Good Friday and after that. And so we've got Good Friday, Easter Sunday, the 40 days that Jesus is with his disciples, then the ascension, and then we're going to have Pentecost recorded in Acts 2. And what I want to do is I just want to walk you through each of these five events and have one passage associated with that as a way of kind of laying a foundation for this framework. And then we'll apply the framework or this pattern as we get towards the end of the episode. Uh, And one of the things that Ronald Rollheiser does as a way of a foundation for this pattern is he makes a distinction, and it's really helpful to make here at this point in our episode, between terminal death and paschal death. Uh, When we start with Good Friday, we are starting with death, and the question becomes, what kind of a death are we emerging from? If it is a terminal death, it's the idea that it ends things, and that's not what we're going to be looking at here. There are certain things in life where something dies and there is no resurrection possibility. The person dies, they do not come back to life. Something really significant happens. It doesn't, it's dead. And and you just, it's a terminal death. But what we're talking about in the launch for this episode is around the idea of a paschal death. And the paschal is connected to the Passover lamb, which Jesus becomes and it merges from the Hebrew scriptures with Passover. But the idea of Jesus's death and what we want to look at as the foundation of death to life in this episode is the idea that a paschal death opens new possibilities. There is life that is possible. There is hope that is possible with respect to a certain kind of death. And so from this, we jump into the pattern and it begins with Good Friday. And Luke 23, 48, and when all the crowds that had gathered to watch the spectacle saw the things that had occurred, they returned home beating their chests. It's a spectacle that Jesus was put on a cross. And what you see is that the response of the crowd is utter pain and discouragement and shock and beating their chest. They leave, they go home. For them, it's all over with. And it's so easy for us to come to the Bible as informed readers of the story and go, yes, it's Friday, but Sunday is coming. Uh, And that's true, but in this moment, there isn't a Sunday coming for them. This feels like the end. This is a death. They don't believe that anything is going to change going forward. And so you see this response of the people beating their chests. And I'm not putting this passage up, but let me just reference it. Matthew tells us, that at the moment of Jesus' death, that the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. 
Now, Josephus tells us that the curtain was 69 feet tall, 34 feet wide, four inches thick. And Josephus said that if you tied a rope to each of the corners of the curtain and tied them to the strongest horses and they took off in all separate directions, it would not tear this curtain. And yet the sucker tore from top to bottom. And it's a picture of grief because in the ancient world, when you received sad or tragic news, you would tear your tunic from top to bottom. And it's a picture of God even sitting in the devastation of Jesus's death. And that is Good Friday. That is the foundation, but it's also that moment of death. But there is an Easter Sunday and Luke 24, two to three And they, talking about the women, found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. That when they find the empty tomb, there is this like glimmer of hope. Like what has happened? Something has changed. There is a new possibility on the scene. And then the angels tell them like what has happened and they begin to spread the good news that Jesus has been resurrected from the dead and people are gonna try to get their minds around the implications of this. It's Easter Sunday. And then we find that there is a 40-day period where Jesus is with his disciples. Uh, This is from Acts 1-3. After his suffering, talking about Jesus, he presented himself to them, the disciples, and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Now this reference to 40 days is something that we have highlighted in a number of teaching series episodes and it is a number that is used all throughout the Bible. And it is a number that symbolizes a time period of testing, of trials, of refinement, of wrestling through something in order to be transformed and developed in the process. And so Jesus spends 40 days with his disciples. And it's interesting that Luke records for us that he had to present himself to them and give many convincing proofs. Not like one proof that, hey, fellas, I'm here. He's got to do many things, and we don't even know what that is. It's like they're trying to grasp the reality of what now is. They're wrestling with the implications of that. And what's more is that Jesus spends 40 days talking to them about the kingdom of God. Jesus' entire ministry was about the kingdom of God. In Matthew alone, Jesus references the kingdom more than 50 times. And yet, Jesus is like, okay, fellas, summer school. Like, we've got to go back through this and we've got to talk about the kingdom of God. And so you can see that they're just trying to grasp the reality of what was and what is and what does that mean. That is the 40-day period. And then we have the ascension, and Luke is the one who records for us an ascension story at the end of Luke, as well as in Acts 1. And I want to look at Luke's version in the Gospel of Luke. He has this in chapter 24, 50 to 51. And Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was carried in to heaven. So there is a moment where the disciples are with Jesus and then Jesus leaves. And like, that's it. Like Jesus is not going to be back with them. 
And Jesus reminds his disciples, like, I've got to go up so that the Holy Spirit can come down. But there is a moment where they have to let Jesus go. It's the ascension. And then we have Pentecost, because when you can let go, you can now receive. And we see this in Pentecost, where, as Luke tells us in Acts 2, 4, that all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And it's like this is where the full transformation has taken place. They have received the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has come into them and it has enabled them, it has empowered them to go forth in the newness of life that has been brought about through this pattern of transformation. And this is like that final stamp, this new spirit within them to take them forth in the world. And so there is our pattern. And if I just had to like summarize a phrase to go with each of these movements, each part of this pattern, I would just say this, that when it comes to Good Friday, it's about naming the death. It's something has occurred and we are acknowledging it, we are naming it, we are coming face to face to the reality that something has happened, a sort of death has occurred. Uh, When we come to Easter Sunday, it's about embracing the life. It, It is seeing that there is still something that is possible that is coming out of this particular death. There is a glimmer of hope. There is a spark of hope. And and we're chasing that hope. We are embracing the life that is there. We are looking for that silver lining. That when it comes to the 40 days, it's about mourning the loss. It's about wrestling with what our expectations were. It's about grieving what we thought could have been or should have been or would have been and recognizing that it didn't happen that way, that our expectations were not met, that there is a gap between what our expectations were and the reality that has unfolded. And where is that gap, uh, where in that gap we need to just grieve that, to lament that, to recognize that we have to go through our own process of coming to terms with the new reality. And then the ascension is ultimately about that moment of letting go, that we have navigated through that mourning and grieving process. And it's like there's this moment where we're like, I just give it up. I I, I am done. I'm not going to go grasping for it. Like I ultimately just have to let it go. And then Pentecost is that moment where we are empowered for the new. That something has taken place inside of us. The transformation has come to fruition. And we are walking forth in the newness of life. That is very succinctly the Easter pattern. And as you begin to think about what does this look like in our own lives, let's just move through this with just some examples beginning with Good Friday. This is the moment where you just recognize that what you aspired to have in your marriage hasn't come 
to fruition. That maybe it's something that you believed would always happen or maybe something has changed. It isn't as it was five years ago or 10 years ago. Maybe the sparks are different. The relationship has changed. Not necessarily for the worse, but maybe for the better. But there are certain things that you believe would be true about your marriage. And it's like there comes this moment of Good Friday where you just recognize this hasn't become what I thought. Or it's the medical report that you receive and you recognize that life is going to be different going forward. Or it's the loss of a job or it's coming to terms with the fact that your child hasn't been on the path that you've longed for, that you've prayed for, that you've pled with God for. And there is a death, if you will, on Good Friday. Uh, You then move into Easter Sunday and you go, okay, if this is the reality of Good Friday, God, where is the hope? Like, what is the possibility? If, If something in my marriage isn't what I wanted it to be, that doesn't mean that everything else has been shot to pieces. It's, okay, so where is the life? What is the possibility? What is the hope moving forward in this particular area? And again, you can fill in what Easter Sunday is for whatever example is running through your heart and your mind right now. And then there are these 40 days where we have to grieve that loss to recognize what I wanted to have happened, what I believe could happen. It's not. So I've got to go through that mourning process where I am lamenting and I am coming to grips that this is not what I thought it would be. And then there is this moment where we just got to go, God, I give this to you. Like, I can't hold on to it. I don't want to keep grasping. Just I am exhausted from trying to hold on white knuckled to this thing that I wanted to have happen or something that happened that I didn't expect would happen. And now I'm trying to come with terms with, I want to go back to the way things were, but I am tired of trying to grasp what is and throwing it back in the past because I can't do it. And then there's this moment of Pentecost where it's like God just meets us anew. And we've gone through that transformation and we realize that we are now walking in the newness of life. It wasn't the newness that we were expecting. But when we look back on the process that we have gone through, the pattern that we have uh, encountered, there is this realization that we go, I I don't ever want to go back there again but I'm so grateful for what God did for me in the process. And we really do feel this newness of life, that the Spirit of God has empowered us anew and that we can continue to move forward because life is about this movement from death to life and that even when we experience a sort of death in our own lives, that doesn't mean that death gets the final word. We are always pursuing life. And ultimately, if things materialize the way we hope or they don't, the resurrection reminds us that death and pain and brokenness, they do not have the final word. Jesus does because of the cross and the empty tomb. And the idea of the resurrection is a pattern that we can engage in all throughout the year and in seasons of our life that are challenging because we can move through death to life. And as we're reminded of what Jesus said again in John 12, 24, 
Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. So may you bear much fruit as you live out the Easter pattern. 